Let's turn our Bible, and I'm going to go to the book of Jonah. Jonah. Now, if you can't find Jonah, it's, it's, uh, if you find Matthew, go back a couple of pages. Just turn backwards, and you'll find Jonah. That's the easy way to do it for me. Uh, a few weeks, I say, it's been a several, well, several weeks ago, my son, my grandson, my grandson came home, and we, we try to have family dinner. I don't know what you do in our house, but our kids may be grown up and married, but Sunday we all try to get together as a family, and everyone comes to our house. And I asked my little grandson, I said, Mickey, what did you learn in Sunday school today? And I was four years old. Jonah, Jonah. I said, what did you learn about Jonah? And he smiled. He got consequences. <laughs> Wow, where did that word come from a four-year-old? <laughs> well, Jonah got consequences, and there's a lot in here about Jonah and the consequences. And there's a lot applies to today. I'm just going to read a few verses down here, and, and we can uh, get into the, the message this morning. But Jonah, just read down here a few verses. With me. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. And Jonah rose up unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down to, into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay, and he was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came unto him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we, we perish not. And they said every one unto his fellow, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause is this evil come upon us? And what is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? And what is thy people? And what, uh, what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Let's stop right there and ask God to bless the word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message we've already heard in song, O Beulah Land, that great land where we all someday see. Father, I pray that this morning you would help us that we might get a taste of that Beulah Land this morning. Speak to our hearts, dear Lord. Lord, help us just not to look at it as another story, but help us to look at the consequences. The consequences of a man who knew God and still went his own way. Bless now this time, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In this passage, of course, the, everything is all about Jonah. Jonah was a man who was living life on the run. Because he didn't want to go where God wanted him to go. Some of you ever have a little conversation yourself and say, God, you may ask me to do a whole lot of things, but I don't think I'm ever going to get up there and sing a solo. Well, you know, it, it, you, no one will hurt you for trying. I know I did, I'm saying this because last night I was stuck in the airport for, not this airport, but another, the Chicago airport. And some young man sat down and started, I, I played, a, I fooled around with the piano. I don't play it. I fool with it. And so I played a little bit. And then this guy, you know, he hands me his cards. He said, I pay it, played Carnegie Hall. 
wow, you ought to sit down here and play the piano. And I don't know. I hope no one saw me there. I think it was, it was didn't, just walking through, and it was, I guess, an, an adult place. And, and then, but they had the piano out there in the hallway, everyone passing by. So he, start, he started playing that song. I said, why don't you play something that I know, and I'll sing for you. Now, I've never done that in my life, never sang a solo in my life. But God did something. And someone came up to me afterwards and said, you got a beautiful voice. I thought, boy, he still wasn't listening to what I was saying. But the song, the song, uh, Amazing Grace. And then other people came by. Before you know, we got a crowd there. And I got like two hours between my flights. Don't put a limit on what God can do. Jonah came to the point in his life, he limited God. He became more, he became a double-minded man. He wanted God's blessings but Jonah wanted God's blessings on his terms. He wanted to go his way, and God had his plan. He gave God lip service, but he, he wasn't reasoning here, because God's telling him to do something, and he doesn't want to do what God wants him to do. Well, I can't teach Sunday school. No, don't expect you to teach Sunday school. Let God use you to teach Sunday school, but he'll put to the words in your mouth. Yeah, go witness and set somebody. I don't know what inspired me to go try to even sing. And that guy who said I had a good voice, he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> now, my wife, she's got an opera voice. I think she's just, <clears throat> well, I tell you what, I married her for a voice. Whenever she gets up, I just say, sing, woman. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> um, but Jonah, here, he lost the vision. No vision, and, and without a vision, you'll drift around. Some, sometimes we don't have a vision of what God can do, and we start to drift, and you can end up anywhere. Know where you want to end up, my friends. Have a goal, and you've got to have a purpose. Jonah forgot the goal, he forgot the purpose, and he lost his vision, and he wanted to go his own way. And you ended up seeing where he went. His heart wasn't with God. He stopped being dependent upon God, and he fell prey to human reasoning. Well, I, I say this, and I don't anyone take offense to this, but stinking thinking leads to stinking living. It's, I mean, common sense. And, uh, and Jonah had some human reasoning here. He wanted to go his own way. And, and, you know, people out there may criticize you. Don't listen to the naysayers in life. There's a whole lot of people who try to discourage you from doing what you ought to do. Yeah, you know, I remember in high school, I took the SAT score. I must have, you know, I probably worked all night because I had a, uh, worked at the newspaper company. And then in high school, you know, the morning paper when it used to come out and they used to put the wire bundle on it. Some of you had a paper out when you were younger. I used to put those wire bundles on when I was in high school. And I'd work from 12 to 4 and still go to high school. And people would mock and make fun of you. You know, don't listen to those naysayers. <laughs> now they're asking me to do that. <laughs> high school union. Um, <clears throat> Friends, don't listen to your critics. And Jonah was listening to someone else because he certainly wasn't listening to God. He fell prey to human reasoning. He had a false perception of who God is. You know, when God says it, that settles it. But sometimes we rely on our own thinking and we end up saying, no, Lord, I can't do that. And Jonah, I'm not going to Nineveh. That's a wicked, wicked place. See, you know, see, what's so significant about Nineveh? That was one of the biggest cities at the time. And they under, I understand if you read on any more research, there's like 600,000 people there. Yeah. And uh, that, you, know, you say, well, there's that many around here in our area, 600. But the significance part was that was a religious headquarters. Today, it would be the same equivalent if God called you to go to Medina. How many feel like God calls you to Medina? How many ever know what Medina is? Two, three, four, five. That's the head of the Muslim religion. 
So you're going to go there and be a missionary and try to convert them all. Hey, with God, all things are possible. Yeah. But Jonah, he had a false perception of God. Look, I always say when God said it, that settles it. Whether I feel like it or not, that ought to settle it. Jonah paid the fare. That is, he paid the fare to get away from God. He got on a ship and he paid the fare thereof. You ever notice, God will pay the fare to get you back. He sent the whale to give Jonah a free ride. <laughs> and isn't it wonderful we're hearing in the news, all this critics about being swallowed by a whale. Now it's all, everyone's saying it's very possible. Yeah, all of a sudden it's coming out and vindicating what the Bible said all along. And the critics say that couldn't happen. He paid the fare thereof, and he relied on failing provisions. Because <laughs> what was he relying on? Well, he had a little bit of money to pay the fare thereof. He relied on the sinking ship for frail protection. <laughs> and, and, friends, be careful what you say to yourself when things don't go the way you got it planned. I were to title this message, When Things Don't Go Your Way. You ever have things just not go your way? Yeah, you got it all planned out. <laughs> You're going to go on vacation, and that morning you wake up, and you go out there, and you start to load your car up, and somebody like so, and punctured your tires overnight. Yeah, and, or whatever else, you know. The car didn't start. Uh, or you slept in, and you missed a flight or something. You know, things don't go your way. Well, friends, last year in this, our country, things didn't go a lot of our, didn't go our way. <laughs> At least a lot of us would think, God, God, you made a mistake. no. God has a plan. God has it all worked out. And things don't go always, don't always go your way. Be careful what you say to yourself when things don't go the way you got it planned. You ever had a little talk to yourself? Come on, honestly, you do. No. <laughs> it's when you answer yourself, you got a problem. <laughs> and you answer out loud and people say, what'd you say? <laughs> You have a little conversation with yourself. Jonah had this little conversation with himself, and things weren't going the way he planned, and he talked himself right out of God's best into the world's mess. And you can talk yourself right out of God's best into the world's mess. Jonah wanted to go anywhere, but he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to go the way God wanted him to go. And Jonah was more concerned about his politics in God's plan. I don't want to go to those people. I'm not educated enough. I don't know how to talk to people. Look, just, just settle the question who and let God take care of the how. And someone said, you're going to college? No one in your family tree ever went to college. There's nowhere anyone ever went to college in your family. You can't afford it. Why well, sell it a long time ago? God said it, and that settles it. Jonah, it didn't settle with him. He had a bad attitude. Things weren't going his way, and he talked himself into running away from God's missions for his life. He became angry, and he had self-pity, and depression settled in. And eventually, you see what happened, what happened to Jonah when he got away from God, and went his own way, he even convinced himself that suicide was the answer. Here's, the, yeah, Jonah, the prophet. Great man of God. God chose him to go do a great job, and he was ready to commit suicide. He told the men, throw me overboard. Be careful what you say to yourself when things don't work out the way they planned. You got it all figured out. Hey, we had pretty much 2021, we knew how it was supposed to be, just like 2020 and getting better. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everything's changing. Things are not going the way we planned. Be careful. When things don't go the way you got it planned, what, what, what do you often do? I know what you most of us do. We distort the problem. How did Jonah get to the point where he was a great prophet, now he's running from God, and he's thinking suicidal thoughts? How did he get there? He distorted the problem. He didn't want to tell the people in Nineveh that judgment is coming. And friends, it's so easy now to get, get down here and, and say, God's not going to supply the need for this building we're going to build over here. 
And, you know, you don't know how bad things are and how all these people are unemployed and unemployment rates are so high and it's going to get worse. And you can talk yourself right out of that. But, friends, if God is in it, then why should we be against it? Boy, there's going to be great needs if we're going to expand this building back here. And it's been on the plans for years. I'm glad we're committed to pay for it as we go. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. And, and he, he, had his, he had the wrong attitude. Friends, you can get the wrong attitude, and you know what you end up? You start listening to the naysayers that say it can't be done. I'll never be able to do this. The church will never be able to afford that. Friends, you get out of it what you put into it. Right? And so you say, I didn't get anything out of the church this morning. I didn't get anything out. You're only going to get out of it what you put into it. You know, I, years ago, I was thought I can get a scholarship. Boy, I was dumber than a block of, what, block of ice. I thought, boy, if I get studying real hard, I might get a scholarship to go to University of Hawaii. Oh. What do you think I was thinking about? I watched too many Elvis Presley's in the movies in the 50s or something. <laughs> I'm glad God has something else in mind. You know, but you only get out of it what you put into something. You say, I didn't get anything out of church. Well, you know, put something into it. I can't afford to do that. Don't give God your excuse. Jonah had all the excuses not for doing what God wanted to do. He wanted to go his own way. He had his own plan. Friends, God's got a better plan. Yeah. Get over the obstacles in life. So you don't have all the talent. Give the God what you do have and let God work with it. Yeah. Do the little things right. I remember this some of you have seen this on the internet, but I've watched maybe a half a dozen times where the Admiral of the Navy gave a speech at one of the major military. Yeah, you've seen it. And it was entitled, Make Your Bed. Anyone ever seen and heard that one? Yeah, good. Praise the Lord. Make your bed. Common sense stuff. Start with the little things and do the little things. Never mind the big job that God may have for you. Start, Lord, here's the little thing you want me to do. Just give your testimony. Do something. Pass out a track. You know, and you will fail. Life is full of failures. Jonah was failing. He gave up. He became angry and self-pity, all because he distorted the problem. He violated Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. God will direct your paths. God is not limited by time. He sees things differently than you and I see things. And when things don't go your way, boy, God's got it. He's got a plan in mind. Last year, things didn't go our way. Economically, people lost their jobs. People lost their businesses. And, you know, and things didn't go our way. Yeah, and we think all our hope is in the election we had. No, the answer is not in politics. The answer is in the person of Jesus Christ. We've lost our moral compass as a nation. And you know why we've lost our moral compass? Because too many of us in our churches are like Jonah. We want to lay down and sleep rather than get out and do something. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Now you're going to say, oh me or oh my or amen. But friends, let's face it. Sometimes I just don't feel like doing something. I just want to take a nap. And the older I get, the more that sounds good. <laughs> Some of us have been napping too long when we should have been out there working. And Jonah, he didn't want to go there and get into this fight over here. He wanted to go take a nap. And that is the greatest danger to the church in America is the apathy within the church. Too many people are taking a nap. They don't want to get involved physically. They don't want to get involved financially. They don't want to get involved spiritually. They just want to come, and some people come to church to get entertained. You don't have to go very far and listen to someone like me and you get entertained because you think, what is he doing up there? No, I'm just trying to tell common sense stuff. 
that if we were had the attitude of Jonah, this church building wouldn't be here. And if we're going to have another building program coming up and we're going to get, go forward, friends, some of us need to have the attitude and say, Lord, here am I. Stewardship is nothing more than lordship of Jesus Christ over your finances. And sometimes, Lord, you can have everything here, but don't touch my wife, my family, or my money. <laughs> yeah, just don't touch those. Yeah, and sure enough, God takes your health. Then when God gets your health, he lo- you lose your wealth anyways. And let's face it, every one of us, God should tarry, your health is going to go. I mean, there's only one person in history that came back from the grave. or <laughs> Jesus Christ rose and then Lazarus. But he died two times. Jesus died once for us. Friends, when things don't go your way, it's very easy to get humanistic in your thinking. We must remember this, that God is always up to something good when things don't work out the way you got it planned. Hear that? God is always up to something good. Some of you have had the COVID. I'm not over there and saying, whippy for you. Or, you know, I'm not trying to say, give it to me. I don't want it either. <laughs> yeah. But I can say, this week I've had five preachers or friends that I know who have died in just this week from the COVID. It's been a rough week. At least one every day, it seems like. Someone's called me and said, you know, so-and-so just passed away. God is up to something good through that. Whether you've had the sickness or not, God is always up to something good. It may not happen the way you planned it, but God has a plan. And if we would just step aside and, Lord, thy will be done, not my will, God could do something in our lives. Remember this morning, God sees things differently in eternity than you see them. And we got to turn our humanistic thinking over to God and say, God, if you tell me to do it, that settles it. God is always up to something good. Remember this, any sailors here? Smooth seas never make for great sailors. The best sailors out there, the ones who've been in those rough seas. Wow. And talk about Alaska. That is the coldest water I've ever been in. (laughs) I mean, it's just above freezing. And I remember one time that boat was coming over the wave and it came down over the wave and all of a sudden another gigantic wave came over the front of the boat over the top oh man it just coming over the front and then the boat popped out of there and the wave came over the backside. boy this is going under no it's god's teaching us to be good sailors friends the trials you go through are helping you to become better sailors in life god is up to something good how many here know Attorney David Gibbs or ever heard of him? Yeah, okay, several people. Now, who you're talking about? I hope you're never a, a victim of one of his stories. <laughs> but he tells a story up there in Alaska. It made me think of this. Up there in Alaska, um, he was preaching in Fair. I mean, Anchorage. He was preaching in Anchorage, and every year up in Fairbanks, we have a men's retreat. We get men from all over the state, and we get maybe 200 men to get together, just men with. Real men preaching to us. And uh, so David Gibbs was one of those guys who was supposed to go up there and, and preach to him. He preached in, um, in Anchorage. I think it was Jerry Prevost's church. He was preaching there. And then on Sunday, I guess he was supposed to preach there. And then he was supposed to go up to Fairbanks. Well, that's a long drive. And going to Fairbanks is like going from here to Chicago, and back here again. It's a long, I might as well say from here to Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. That's about how far. It's a long, long day. Eight, 10, 11 hours. And then in, in the spring of the year, there's snow and ice and frost heaves, so you don't go 60 miles an hour because the frost heaves, you know, the road's really rough and so on. So they said to him, why don't you f- go fly with this airplane? we got a man in our church has an airplane. And he will fly the plane and, and we'll fly it a little bit lower than normal so you can see all the scenery. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. 
So they decided they were going to go fly. It would take them yeah, maybe three hours, four hours. I've done it you know, about three and a half, four hours is normal. Um, it depends what you're flying. But I, was, I flew a 206, and if nobody knows what that is, but we're doing about 160 miles an hour. It took us about three and a half hours. All right, that's great. And we we're flying high enough so we didn't have to take the roads. You know what IFR stands for? I follow roads. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyways, they were flying. They took off from Anchorage Airport, and you go up towards the mountains, and you turn left, and you start going north, a long ways up there. And as they climbed out, and they started turning up towards Wasilla and they got up that way, all of a sudden, the pilot who was flying his plane went, He was, hey, wake up. <laughs> What's the matter with you? And the guy in the back seat, What's the matter? I think he's dead. <laughs> Shake him. <laughs> and they shook him. And the guy never moved. And all of a sudden he started, I think he's really dead. Neither one of us know how to fly to his plane and they're screaming. And so the guy in the back seat said, Grab the microphone. Help, help, help. Let, take your finger off the button so someone can talk back. <laughs> help, help, help. And sure enough, some big jumbo jet over above heard him, and they called, the, called him back and said, don't touch anything. It sounds like you've got autopilot on. It's climbing higher and higher. We can see that, and we're going to lose you because we're going too fast. So we're going to call the Anchorage Airport, and they will call you right back. And they called this jumbo jet, whoever they were. They called the Anchorage, and Anchorage Airport called him back, and David gets to answer him and said, I think our pilot's dead. Is there a problem? Yeah, the pilot's dead. <laughs> Help. Is there a problem? What do you think? He's dead. <laughs> well, don't you know? No, we don't know how to fly this thing. <laughs> so they got somebody on there that talked him into, make a long story short, they talked him into landing that airplane, disengaged the autopilot, brought it down altitude, and if you're coming in over Anchorage, you come out over the water. And then you, when you get to the edge there, you, there's the runway. And sure enough, they landed it. They didn't get it straight, but it went bouncing all over the runway and down into the gravel and so on. But it stopped. And they walked away. Now, you want to hear a real scary story? The dead man came back to life. <laughs> What are you doing? Well, he had no idea what happened. He had narcolepsy. Didn't know he had it. The dead man came back to life. You know, God may put you in one of those situations like that. You're scared to death because you think you're going to die because nobody knows how to fly in a plane. Then the dead man comes back to life and really scared you. <laughs> yeah, God is up to something good. No matter what you're going through, financially, spiritually, God is always up to something good. Remember that this morning. God is up to something good. God sees things when things don't go your way. God is up to something good. And God is good to me even when I don't deserve it. We might have some pruning to do in our life, but God is always up to something good. And he may be doing some pruning in your life. Thank God for the trials you go through. When Satan attacks, always focus on the fruit that God wants to develop in your life. You know what I see couples many times when they get little fuss, couples, little fuss, big fuss, whatever you want to call it. But instead of trying to solve the problem, you're trying to fix the blame. Quit trying to fix the blame in your marriage and fix the problem. Jonah wasn't trying to fix the problem. He thought the answer was just run from it. Yeah, run from it and think of all those people that Nineveh, 600,000 people will never hear the gospel. But he got what he wanted, right? Friends, many times you'll get what you want, but you're not going to want what you got. Yeah. Well, I've seen that one a lot of times. <laughs> Focus on God's plan, if, even if it doesn't fit into your own plan. God has an eternal plan. God is expecting some fruit. And sometimes God has to send some of those trials in your life 
to prune you so that you can produce some fruit. And I look at what our nation is going through economically, spiritually. Hey, we might need some real heavy-duty pruning. Thank God for what He is doing because God is still up to something good even though I may not see the end thereof. That's a whole other message. But I may not see the end thereof, but God is up to something good. Focus on God's plan even if it doesn't fit your plan. When things don't go the way you got it planned out, yeah, focus on God's plan. Lord, I got out there in my car and this happened a couple weeks ago. My car never breaks down. My wife and I loaded it all up. My stuff went in the back seat. Hers went in the trunk. Filled it up. Okay, so now we take off and we didn't make it two blocks. And something, the red light came on and we got a code and something. There was, uh, anyways, I knew we had a problem. So we got the preacher involved and he said, oh, I, I just fixed a car like that. I used to have one of those. He fixed it. He said, let me bring it over here. And we got it into the church barn and we tried to work on it. We got it started up. We drove it another two blocks and it died again and again, three times. Boy, we're trying to get home before 2 a.m. in the morning. We want to get home at least 10 o'clock at night. And here it's going to be two or three if we do that. We might as well just stay another day. You know, God had it all planned out because someone was there just right there who needed our help. God is always something good. Don't get discouraged when things don't go your way. Moses, you know who Moses was. Moses asked God to kill him. Now, what was Moses' job? What was his job? Moses' job was to lead 600,000 homeless Jews in a homeless shelter out there wandering around. I mean, that's bad enough living in a homeless shelter, but 600,000 Jews in a homeless shelter can get pretty rough. That's a facetious saying, but they were rough. It's difficult. Moses asked God to kill them. Elijah, what did he say? I want to die. And then uh, Jonah, what was his cry? Take my life. Suicidal. Friends, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And young people, don't let yourself be fooled by the devil that that's the answer. You got a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Moses asked God to kill him. Jonah wanted to die and uh, wanted to die. Elijah wanted to die. Friends, don't let Satan blind you to the positive good that God is up to. Yeah, short unemployment rate may be 30%, but God is up to something good through this. Financially, I think God's going to bring some things around. Maybe it might just, might be just what we need again. To get our attention. God can always do something bigger than your circumstances. Whatever your circumstances you're going through, the presence of God changes everything. Any change, any change I want must start with the way I think. Do you get that? Start with the way you're thinking. You get out of it what you put in it. Don't listen to the naysayers. Have a vision, I said. And, and, and remember, life is full of failures, but you can fail forward. Don't be afraid of failing. I'd be afraid if you quit trying. Take some risk. There's always sharks out there who want to eat you up. There's people who are going to criticize you because we want to build a building. And they're going to criticize that. Hey, stand your ground, know what God wants you to do, and do what God wants you to do. And I'm not going to listen to the critics out there and say, you shouldn't be doing this, you can't do this. We know what God's up to. God is always up to something good. And friends, you can either be conformed to the world or you can be transformed by Jesus Christ. You know what I think we need across America? <laughs> we need a checkup from the head up. Make sense? Because somewhere along the way, we forgot this old-fashioned book here. We lost our moral compass. And when you lose a moral compass, not even capitalism or communism can work when you don't have a moral compass. It'll all fail. 
Jonah was disillusioned about the answer. He distorted the problem. He was disillusioned about the answer. He relied on frail protection, a sinking ship. Friends, what are you, what are you trusting now? Suppose this economy gets, gets worse. You know, I heard this morning on the news, uh, they're going to raise taxes by corporations up like 30 or 40% corporate rate income tax. Well, that puts people out of work. I'm not the greatest economist, but I can figure this. If you raise my taxes up 40%, I'm not hiring any more people, and I'm not buying new equipment. And then that put more people out of work. Yeah. And that's my humanistic thinking. But God has something else. Suppose that does go up and more people are out of work next year. Friends, we cannot rely on a sinking ship. We've got to trust God. Yeah. And stop trusting our own security. <laughs> I'd say some of us, our boat is falling apart. What we've been trusting in is falling apart. And we're not going to trust the uncertain riches of this life. We need to trust God. Not our stocks, not our bonds, not, not the FDIC, FLIC, you know, federal savings and loans. We're not going to trust that. You think, do you, brother, you think this whole thing could fall apart? Sure, I think that whole thing could fall apart when you only bring it into $23 trillion and you're spending $28 trillion. Somewhere, if you don't change something, you're going to go sink. <laughs> it's like taking in, you're taking in 28 gallons an hour in your sinking ship. You're taking that much in, but you're pumping out only 23 tr- gallons an hour. Pretty soon that ship is going to be sunk. And, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm concerned. But friends, don't lose sight that God is still in control. God is my supply. He is my source, and He's the course I need to follow. And, and friends, you pay when you don't listen to God. God always lets you pay the fare when you're running from God. But when you want to come back to God, God will pay the fare to bring you back. And God sure raised up a nice big whale to take Jonah right back, free ride, right where he needed to be. And friends, God is effective in pointing out your rebellion. God is very effective reporting out our rebellion and when we want to go our own way. He can, he can do anything he wants to get your attention. Is God knocking on your door today? <laughs> you say, I can't do that. Or this is going to happen in financial. You've got all this negative thinking going out there. Friends, have a vision what God can do even through the negative times. Listen. Don't listen to the namesayers. Listen to God. And, 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 and put some effort in it. They say put some effort is, friends, we just can't sit back here and say we can't do this. And then we're not going to give to the building program. We're not going to tithe anymore. We're not going to, you know, we can't expect God to go forward if you're going to quit right now. Be faithful in your stewardship. Because it's not just your stewardship. It all belongs to God anyways. Friends, this could be the last time that God gives us another chance. I look at this COVID event in our history and I thought, this is just a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call because if we don't turn to God through this, what's going to get our attention? If anything, I can look back and say as an economist, I could see how fragile everything is. And really, it's all dependent upon God. Jonah got to this kind of thinking because he distorted the problem. He was disillusioned about the answer. And number three, his decision affected others. Your decision is going to affect a whole lot of other people. You're negative thinking, saying, I can't do this, and God says, I want you to do it. No, I can't do this. Your negative thinking is going to affect the next generation. I'm so glad. I, my family, I married into a family of preachers. My, my, fa- my, my, my father-in-law, his father was a preacher. His grandfather's a preacher. And, and my father has a daughter who marries a preacher. And then my daughter is now married to a preacher and they're leaving her That's five generations of preachers. All because someone way back in 1860 up here by the Dells went to a revival meeting in the 1860s got saved and served God. 
Friends, what God can do, it may a secret to you, but God can see through the ages. God can do something from you. Jonah was more concerned about the gore than he was concerned about the world. You hear him complaining, it was so hot out here. And then God let that gourd have a little worm. That worm destroyed it all. Friends, we've got a little virus in America. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. But that can destroy everything and destroy your world. We need to be dependent upon God. Not just talk about it, but let's show it. Let's do something. Let's get involved with our church. Yeah, we're talking about another building. That's so we can reach more people and more people and more people. It's not so much a change in politics we need. We need a change in our own position. We want to say, God, I'm on your side, not on the world's side. I don't want to be down in the boat sink, sinking ship and out there and say, well, I got all this money on my 401k plan, my IRAs, and this is my pension, it's the government pension. All this is going to sink anyways. <laughs> Let's trust in the Savior, not the sinking ship. Jonah is more concerned about the gourd, something that has no meaning at all. In eternity, no one cares if you had a million dollars in your 401k plan. No one will care. Yeah, your grandkids may have a while, but you know something? When you leave your kids a whole lot of money, oftentimes what it creates is apathy in their own hearts. Hello? Apathy. The more they have, the more apathetic they come. That's our problem in America. We're too apathetic even in our churches. And we're down there sleeping. We need to get up out of the ship. God needs preachers to awaken people to righteousness. God needs teachers to teach little boys and girls like my grandson. He got consequences. <laughs> yeah. You could hear him. He's got just a couple of teeth missing out there in the front. Yeah, with the consequence. I got what he meant. Where did he learn that word? There are consequences. Discouraged people want to share their misery. Yeah. You get discouraged, the first thing you do is you tell your mate to. And then they get discouraged. I want to encourage somebody. <laughs> I remember years ago there was a man named Charles Tinley. Anyone ever heard that name, Charles Tinley? Yeah, so, so you know me, is that right? And that one of the famous and the Charles Tinley, if you know about his background, he was a slave in the 1860s. And he wanted to read the Bible. And he, wasn't, he was forbidden to read the Bible, but he read the, tried to get a Bible, and he found, they found him, his owners found him reading the Bible, and they forbid him, and they beat him. Well, he, that didn't stop him. He went and read some more, got caught a second time, and they beat his face beyond recognition. Because he wanted to read the Word of God. Someone heard about that on the north, the north and so someone bought him as a slave. And brought him up to Philadelphia. Set him free. Gave him his freedom. He studied the Bible and studied the Bible. And he had a church of several hundred people. Over, I understand over a thousand people. Wrote a lot of music. How many have ever heard the song, Take Your Burden to the Lord and Leave It There? All right. Yeah, a couple of us. And I, won't, and I won't bore you trying to sing it, but the words are something like that. If you'll trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Don't doubt God. God can do some great things for you. God can do some great things as we expand this ministry here. And we can be like Charles Stinley. Just, no matter what the obstacle was, you, who wants to come and look at that preacher? He looks so awful. He's beat up. Yeah. But it's something down in his heart. Never mind what you look on the outside. It's what's down here. It really counts anyways. And sooner or later, all of us are going to be looking like Santa Claus anyways. You know, <laughs> Father Times pinches wrinkles in your face and bulges on your eyes and so on. It all happens. It just comes that way, you know. But we need to look at what God says, not what we want. Jonah quit looking up. 
He looked around, he got discouraged. But when you look up, you get delighted. Jonah didn't look up for a long time. Friends, our safety is not in our government. Our safety is in our Savior. Not the sinking ship, because this is a sinking ship like in many other nations. A sinking ship. Thank God. Thank God for the storms. Thank God for the trials we had in the past year. We're still going through because those trials are going to get some people to wake up. Get out of that belly of the ship and, and, and start throwing the wares overboard just to save your own life. Friends, you can't trust your feelings. If you do, you'll talk yourself right out of God's best into the world's mess. Yeah, when things don't go your way, don't trust, trust your feelings. Trust God. Your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Don't follow your heart. Follow your Bible. But you know, our feelings get in there, and then we really get offended. Our, he hurt my feelings. Friends, don't follow feelings. Follow God. A preoccupation with our own well-being limits God's usefulness in our own life. You start thinking about yourself and eventually you will limit God from using you because you're so occupied with yourself. Anytime you make a major decision, I think we ought to follow Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40, 31. And God shall renew your strength. Friend, I don't want to get ahead of God but I want to make sure I'm doing what God wants me to do. Ask God forgiveness for those times that you didn't want to go out there and be a witness. You want to take a nap. Lord, don't bother me. You know, get on the airplane. I've flown a lot of miles. I think we hit, a, last year, hit, over, hit the million mile mark flying. You know, it's so easy to say, I'm just going to take a nap on the airplane. No, I want to go out there and witness to somebody. Because you never know that person sitting next to you or that person in the grocery store at Walmart. You never know if that person is going to be the next Charles Tinley who's waiting for someone to just give him an encouraging word. God is merciful. God was merciful to Jonah and gave Jonah a second chance to walk with God. Friends, you must always go with the need of the people. Jonah didn't care about the other people. He's more concerned about his nap time. God is giving you. And God gives you strength. And God get, brings people along your way that you can strengthen them also with the right attitude. Like I said, don't listen to your mainsayers. Have a vision and, and, uh, and pray. Pray like everything depends upon God. Don't listen to those who failed and said you can't do that. I'm listening to God and saying, God wants me to do that. Friends, what we need to do this morning is just repent and turn back to God. That's what we need as a nation, repent and turn back to God. That's our only moral compass. No nation in history can survive without a moral compass. And friends, we need a moral compass. But our salt is losing its savor. And our salt has got too many people don't want to go where God wants them to go because we get so comfortable in our materialism. Let God change you this morning. What does God want you to do? God specializes in things thought impossible. If you'll just get over and get God his way, get, let God have his way. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. My friends, in eternity, you will place no value on the things you possess now. Get in touch with your surroundings. And get in touch with the message that God is up to something good if you'll just let Him. Be out of touch of your own feelings, your own comfort zone. You are the instrument of 
the only instrument the world knows of Christianity. Is there enough evidence this morning that others would know that you are a Christian? You are an investment. You are an investment. God sent His only Son to die for you. I think our Heavenly Father wants a return on investment. Tell others the story of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray this morning that we ourselves would examine ourselves. And Lord, take us, take us to that place where we're tired of taking a nap. But Lord, we want to see something great in our life. Lord, we want to see something great in our church with the expansion and with more people being saved. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to be a Jonah. Just sit back and let somebody else do it. Lord, help us to see the vision that you have for us. Lord, send me anywhere. Only go with me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Brother Valier, pray for me. I believe God wants to use me in a greater way than he's using me right now. I believe God has something for me. You just pray for me. If anyone there, slip your hand up. God, I want you to use me more than I am. Thank you over here. God bless you, sir, over here and here, ma'am. Thank you over here on my right. Thank you in the back. God can use you. God's not looking for great talent. He's looking for great dedication. Anyone else say, Brother Valerie, God's praying. I'm praying God would use me. Don't get discouraged with the COVID fiasco out here. Why don't you just trust God? You get comfortable with your home and you want to take a nap and when the whole world is going to hell. Lord, we need your help. Anyone else say, Brother Valerie, pray for me. Thank you over here. Thank you, ma'am. We need some men, some young men. Thank you, ma'am, over here. We need some men who want to stand up. God bless you, ma'am, over here. Young men will say, Lord, use me. I'm afraid. God can take care of the fears. Hey, God can land an airplane from a guy who never flew an airplane in his life. And God sends somebody from the sky with a voice out of there and said, here's, I'm going to call the tower and get you taken care of. Hey, God is out there. God is that voice that can drive and get you back to where you need to be safely, where God wants you to be. But we've got to get out of our comfort zone. The sleeping ship, the sinking ship. Father, bless these who've raised their hand. Thank you for what you've done already and speaking to our hearts. And many hands have gone up and said, Lord, use me in a greater way. I pray this morning, help us to be out of a touch of our own comfort zone. Lord, help us to be like a David Livingston who is willing to give his whole life and the life of his wife and his family just to go serve you somewhere. Lord, send me anywhere, only go with me. Pray you'd bless these who raised their hand and ask in Jesus' name, amen.